Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Check out their new crispy chicken sandwich and check out their locations in Santa Barbara on Chapala Street, in Goleta on Calle Real, and in Hollister Village, and the new location in Isla Vista. Big shout out to Kyle's Kitchen, proud sponsors of UCSB Baseball and UCSB Athletics. This episode also brought to you by a guy with a truck, junk removal, locally owned, licensed, and insured, serving Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. If you have a pile of junk in your backyard, if you've got an old shed that needs to be taken down and taken away, hit up a guy with a truck, junk removal. Call Chase at 805-689-1413 for a free no obligation quote. Again, that number, 805-689-1413. Check them out, a aguywithatruck.net and a guy with a truck on Instagram. All right, tough weekend for the Gauchos against the Oregon Ducks, but we're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. Got a fun pod for you this week. Uh, I talked to Dylan Tate, former Gaucho pitcher who's with the Baltimore Orioles. He's in spring training down in Florida, so I caught up with Dylan on his offseason and the stuff that he's been working on, and then David and Spencer join me to go over the positive things that came out of the series this weekend. Even though there are four losses, still lots of good things happening with the Gauchos as we look forward to next week against San Francisco. So that's the pod. We got Dylan and Tate and then UCSB Baseball Analytics. And uh, yeah, let's get to Dylan. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? There's the 0-2 pitch. And a curveball is swung on him. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. All right, our guest this week is... A right-hand pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, Dylan Tate, former Gaucho, recurring guest, recurring guest on the podcast. This, I think, is your third time. Yeah, I'm uh, all the way still happy to be here, man. Well, it's good to see your face, and it was a tough weekend for the Gauchos, and I was was looking back at at your times during, or when you were a, a Gaucho in 13, 14, and 15 uh, there were no four-game sweeps of the Gauchos. That's how good uh, Andrew Checkett's uh, and the Gauchos have been in the last 10 years. But do you remember any instances where the Gauchos were reeling a bit and had to punch back after being punched in the face like they were this weekend? I feel like that happened a lot with Davis. Yes. When we played them. <laughs> and sometimes Riverside. Riverside was like, here sometimes we're on it sometimes we're not on it with them so yeah basically the series that we always felt like we needed to win there was always something that was going on that was unexpected and we had to you know dig deep a little bit well the gauchos are gonna have to dig deep moving forward it's early in the season though so the they will get right but we wanted to catch up with you because you were in florida 
for spring training with the Orioles. Uh, when did you report? Where is uh, where is Orioles camp? So I got down here actually around February 15th. I know earlier I told you late February, but February 15th I was down here and uh, we're in Sarasota. What's Sarasota like? So I don't know Florida very well. I don't, my I have some family that lives in Miami, but I haven't been to Florida very much. Uh, where's Sarasota at? Is there are there any other teams there? Uh, it's just us down in here in uh, Sarasota, but closest teams that are around are. The Pirates, they're 20 minutes away. Uh, we play them frequently. The Braves, uh, the Rays, and Red Sox and Twins. And we just pretty much cycle around those teams. Uh, and the Yankees. The Yankees are about an hour away. And um, that's about it. So how, how's it been uh, in the first, what, so three weeks, three, four weeks of spring training? Because... Well, obviously, you guys you guys came back on time, which which was great to see. There was there was some doubt that it wouldn't start on time. Um, have you guys been playing games? What's what's kind of the new protocols like, or has it been kind of the same as last year? Uh, we're, we are playing games, um, but as far as like protocols as last year, I mean, everything got shut down, and uh, obviously there weren't any fans, so fans are just starting to come back here. And uh, at least in Florida, I don't know about Arizona, but um, they're starting to let fans come back to the game. So you can feel a little bit of that energy out. And that feels it feels good. It's it's different than everything being so still and just so quiet. But um, I, I enjoyed both. Actually, I enjoyed, you know, baseball being in its rawest form, just having no fans there. And you're you're playing against the best guys. But. Uh, once the fans come back, it's going to be a little bit of a different element. I think the game might seem like it's a little bit more intense. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, over, over the weekend, there were some some tense moments between the Ducks and the Gauchos, and I commented on it during the game. Like, man, it, even though there's no fans here, you can still really feel the intensity of the game. Because where I'm calling the game, it's it's really close to the field, as you know. And you don't lose that without fans, but the fans just add so much more. Like it's it's hard to describe for myself just because I'm on the outside looking in, but I'm sure you had to be have to be excited to see people in the stands and, and feeling somewhat of that energy and getting getting used to it again. Yeah, it it, it is different and it's almost uh, it's almost one of the reasons I, I forget why it's called the show because you really are there on display to to show why you are one of the best players in the world and you know it's a sight for the fans to see so being able to give that show to them is um it's humbling okay let's let's talk about your game off season what did you focus on because you're a you're an analytical guy you like to think um, what was your focus? Was it fitness? Was it developing a new pitch? Was it adjusting a pitch or was it working on like a mental, mental side of things? Like what was your primary focus this off season? Uh, primary focus was to adjust my slider, see if I could get it to have more sweep. Um, I honestly wasn't successful with it. I still end up throwing 
my same slider now. And uh, I don't really think that's a horrible thing. Um, I think, I think I'm going to get to where it is that I'm trying to go with this pitch. Uh, but I think it's just going to happen incrementally throughout the season. So uh, while I worked on that, uh, I also wanted to work on getting my fastball. I throw a sinker now. So when I say fastball, I'm referring to my sinker, but I'm working on getting that sinker over to my glove side more, uh, especially to uh, left-handed hitters. So mainly those two things right there and uh, just basically giving the hitters a slight variation of what it is that I did last year. So this year I'll probably uh, throw more on uh, my glove side to lefties, and that's something I didn't do as much of last year. I started to sprinkle it in a little bit towards the end of the season. And uh, right now in spring, I'm, I'm looking to kind of pick up where I left off at that point. So when you say throwing to your glove side, is that like an at, like you're throwing it to the left side of the plate or is it something with your alignment on the mound or is it just a way that you finish in your, in your motion your delivery? It's more so just getting extension and getting the ball over to that side. So since I throw a sinker, I also have to choose a, a starting point. And that's something that's a little bit different than I've, I've had to do in the past since I was previously throwing a four seam. So since I throw a sinker, I kind of have to start mine off of the plate when I'm going glove side. And I have to pick a spot on the catcher's body and, you know, start it there and have it finish in the desired spot. So how has your, uh, your pitch arsenal changed since you were a gaucho? Because... I remember when you first developed that I don't know, a slider or a cutter. I think I was calling it a cutter at first because I, I saw it and I was like, man, what the heck is this? This is new. But it's it was nasty. Was it a cutter at first and it developed into a slider? Or like, is your arsenal completely changed from when you were in college to where you are today? So back then it was a, more of a cutter that I used to throw. And it's still kind of the same thing now. Uh, it spins backwards too much to the point where it's not really a slider. So it's gonna have side to side movement profile instead of two plane, uh, two plane straight and then down. Um, so the other thing that's different is I throw a sinker now. So in college, I was just throwing a four seam and oftentimes I had arm side movement to my four seam. And uh, I, picked out, I picked up the sinker in like late 2018 and uh just started throwing that as my primary heater and uh just kind of ran with it so what about what about velocity is there a focus on velocity or are you focused on something different because you did you threw hard in college mm -hmm. um as a starter has that changed or is, is, a, is a velocity still, still a focus as far as your training and then when you're out there performing? Uh, so with the velocity, now my velocity is still honestly pretty much the same. So my average fastball was just under 95 and it ranged anywhere from 92 to 98. So it's still very much in that same range. It's just movement profiles a little bit different on the fastball. Um, and then as far as training, it goes, uh, 
in the off season, my focus is more so like the, the motion and just mastering the, the fluidity of the motion and my timing and just making sure that everything is where it needs to be and when it needs to be there. Okay. So you're up in big league camp and we were talking about this before we started recording because it's something that I don't really understand fully just because I'm in, I'm so attuned with the college game and I don't know much about the, the contract rules and the, the way teams control their players. So you're viewing spring training this year. You were, you were calling it a freebie where there's this X amount of time where you can, you know, you're going to be put into games and you are going to be, you're going to have innings at the big league level. So how are you using and what, like, can you describe as easily as possible this kind of the situation with options and, and where you're at currently with your, your contract and, and everything with the Orioles? Uh, I, I won't be able to get too much into my, my contract and options. Just like, just over... like where you stand. Yeah, where you stand. Yeah. So as far as the upcoming season, uh, I know that I, I, I know that I'm going to get into big league games. And my main focus right now with spring training is to use all of the reps that I can uh, in game with all of the teams that I listed before. It's like eight teams that we uh, cycle around against. So facing those guys and using all of those opportunities as in a way a tune up for me to get ready for the season. <clears throat> I'm not trying to put too much weight on the outcome of the games. It's more so a gauge to get me to understand where it is that I'm at at that specific moment in time and what it is that I need to work on in order to get my outs once the season starts and once uh, my manager calls upon me to get outs in any given situation. So that's the only thing that I have my mind focused on right now. So with spring training, uh, I'm just going to continue to just get the reps, the free reps that are, that are out there since they don't really go against you. I mean, they do, they do because obviously I'm trying to make the team, but at the same time, I'm not going to get caught up in the results if they don't really matter. I can't get paid out off of uh, spring training outings, right? So just got to be ready to go when it's time. Yeah, and Major League season, it's its less than a month away. Uh, I'm sure you're excited about it. We're certainly excited about it. Uh, we've got three Gauchos in spring training right now. Kyle Nelson and Shane Bieber being the other ones, pitchers, repping it. Um, there was a video that the Orioles posted where you were in it, and it was some kind of PFP drill where you guys were making your delivery behind a, behind a screen and there was a machine shooting the balls at you. What was that? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was early on in camp. That was like one of the first full uh, team days, but I don't know what the point of that drill was. I mean, they had that ball coming in at like 105, I think. And so just, just re I mean, like reaction, something like that. Like I, I guess so. I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I, I tried to get whatever I could out of the drill, but I mean, it was kind of tough if the ball is, you know, coming faster than I could really see it. Well, we we enjoyed seeing you on the social media. We we're like, oh, that's Dylan. 
check it out. <laughs> so we're, Rare appearance for me, I know, man. <laughs> Got all these young guys coming up that are, uh, you know, getting ready to be the the face of the org. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit different different time for me, man. Do you guys ever do two line PFP? Never. <laughs> I can't say we ever do two line PFP, but something I'll never forget because it's it's something that I still pay so much attention to detail to now. And it, I, I realize it more than ever because you get paid by the out. So anytime that ball is hit to me, I will take it. It's a, it's a free out as long as you're, you know, practicing it the way you're supposed to practice it. I, I loathe two line PFP Dylan. I'm sure you know this. <laughs> I'm sure you know this. But I I know that it's necessary because of, of what you just said, of course. And then I mean, Gaucho pitchers, we want our guys to be able to feel the ball and throw it to first base. It just it's a must. It it seems so simple a task, but so often you see it you see it botched or all the time. You overrun it or you rush it or you go for the bare hand and it runs up your forearm, like all that stuff. So uh, I'm happy to hear that you focus on your on your pitcher fundamentals so that's good i do i do what i can man what it so what is it about the two line pfp that you didn't like is that is it that you had to handle the fungo it's not the fungo it's the field it's the the ground okay. underneath all the pitchers so it's a you got to protect the mound because there's two guys pitching or you know running the drill at the same time and then all the activity in between home plate and the mound where pitchers are running off the mound and fielding ground balls and spinning and throwing in their spikes. And it just tears Chaos. up the grass, man. It tears up the grass. <laughs> so none of the gill the ghillie suit didn't work. The, the screen that we put on the ground didn't work. None of it. We just chewed it all up. Just chewed it all up. Nah, I, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of bald spots, uh, but Caesar had a lot of, I like the, I like the character Caesar had. Exactly. Exactly character and, and has, it's got a lot of wins in it as well which which it is, does what well, speaking of college days it's a, a fun question uh do you remember a a hitter that you had to face that was a tough out in your college days <sighs> yeah you know what keston Yura with the brewers yes. gamer he how many, how many kind of stayed on my stuff I don't know, but I remember he took me dead center in Caesar, and that's quite a feat as a freshman. So, yeah, he uh, he had a solid bat. I don't remember facing him too many times, though, other than just that one at bat. But, yeah, he took me Yahtzee on a slider. Okay, what about in the minors or in your time in the big leagues? Has there been a guy that you've faced a few times? Could be somebody who we know, somebody who we don't know, but just a guy who – who you've faced a few times who's been tough? Uh, let's see. I'm definitely going to say a lefty. Uh, I might say, I might go out on a limb and say Cole Tucker with uh, the Pirates. Hmm. I faced him a lot, uh, even when I was with Texas. So that was low A. And then when I got traded to the Yankees, we always played the Pirates. And then even now that I'm with, the Orioles, we still play the Pirates quite a bit. So that's a face that I've seen throughout the course of my entire professional career. And uh, he's got a solid bat from the the left side. Okay, Cole Tucker. We're going to have to 
keep an eye out for him and maybe you'll face him when it really counts and you'll get the best of him next time out right got to use that four seam man four seam <laughs> four seam and change up that's right okay uh how, how are your folks i got got to check in on on the parents of course because they were big gaucho fans we even saw them at a couple games after you graduated so uh how are the folks yeah uh they're good man um dad's working from home uh Mom is working the day shift, not working the night shift anymore. So they both come home at the same time. And um, yeah, they're, they're both seem to, it seems like they're winding down a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see them get out and travel, see them at some of the games this year, uh, wherever it is that they decide to go. We go out to the West Coast in July, so I'm sure I'll see them then. But uh, they, seem, they seem good, man. They're good. solid. That's good to hear. And hopefully in July, we we did get word that the Oakland A's are going to let fans in. So maybe if you're if you're in Southern California, maybe we can catch you at a uh, Angels. Are you guys playing the Dodgers or the Padres? I'm assuming you're playing the Angels. Only the only the Angels. That's our only West Coast trip. Okay. Uh, and then we go to. We could probably go to Oakland, right? We go to Oakland and Seattle, but that's in May. Okay. During gotcha season, gonna be tough to catch those ones. <laughs> yeah, I understand. All right, well, we'll be keeping tabs on you. Uh, best of luck in spring training. Uh, looking forward to seeing the slider and the sinker mix. And uh, it's good to catch up with you. And and thank you for your time. I've uh, been a stand up gaucho, stand up professional. And um, yeah, we'll probably do this again sometime in the future. So Dylan Tate, thanks a bunch. Kevin Cannon, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. All right, David and Spencer are here. This portion of the Gaucho 9 podcast brought to you by SB Baseball Data, the UCSB Baseball Analytics Department. Check them out on Twitter. Well, guys... Let's get it out of the way. It was a tough weekend. Gauchos swept in four games at home against Oregon. 7-6 Friday, 5-4 in game two, 17-2 in game three, and then 9-4 yesterday, as we discussed over the week weekend on the broadcasts. Gauchos had chances to win or were in position to win uh, three of the four games. And they had great starts out of Zach Tora, Michael McGreevy, and Corey Lewis. And we're in position to win on Friday. Four-run lead in the seventh, and then in game two, four-run lead in the eighth. So even though they lost the four games, I, mean, I think we're still going to be uh, in good position to win a lot of games, and there shouldn't be a whole lot to hang your head about when you really try and pick out the good things that happened this weekend. So that being said, let's get to our players of the week because there were some good things. Let's start with Spencer first, since David, you went first last week. My player of the week is a pitcher. As you hinted at earlier, he had a great start. Michael McGreevy, seven innings, three hit ball. He had one walk and nine strikeouts. Guys were only hitting 136 against him. That was the, uh, the lowest batting average against out of all the starters. Um, like you hinted, you know, uh, Tora, Lewis, 
and Grevy had some pretty good um, had some pretty good starts. You know, he he shut out a really good Oregon offense. Um, you know, uh, Corey and 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 Tora they both got or they both gave up a run in the first inning that they threw, um, but they both bounced back and, and were able to put up bagels. Grevy on the other hand, he just kept them shut out. Um, you know, if if he had if he had gone all nine, I'm sure he would have attacked. He was looking real good late into the game, still up to 93 and four um, with his fastball and his um, his slider was brilliant. He was painting the corners with it. Um, so great command of his pitches throughout the game, and uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. He made that uh, he made that first game on um, Saturday really interesting. David. Uh, I'm going to go on the offensive side here. Um, Cole Cummings had a great weekend at the plate and kind of continued his success. I might have stolen your pick there, Kevin. Uh, But uh, he was 8 for 17 on the weekend at the plate, ended up hitting 471, slugging 588, and reaching base more than half of the time at the plate with a 526 on base percent for the weekend. Um, His season has kind of been that every week, it seems like. Looking at his stats, he's reached base in all 11 of our games. Uh, he's hitting 400 on the season, slugging about 475 and reaching base five uh, at 520. So um, he's having a, a really good start to the season offensively. Um, and hopefully he can keep that going and we can kind of, uh, like you said, um, get things going in the next weekend series. Yeah, and he had that triple in the sixth inning yesterday, which started the scoring. It was the first hard hit ball of the of the afternoon uh, since since the first inning, uh, Sprinkle had a, had a liner to start the game for the Gauchos, and then Cole had that triple, and he scored the first run of the game. He also had that great diving catch uh, in the hole, a sinking liner, uh, picked it off the ground before it bounced, hence the diving catch. So, yeah, Cole Cummings, good pick. I'll go with, the, with Brock Mortensen because Brock came alive offensively this weekend. He went three for four on Friday. He had uh, the homer and three runs batted in, or four in that game, I think. And then he had the pinch hit homer in the eighth inning, which gave the Gauchos some life uh, on Sunday. And that was followed up with the Castanon homer that tied the game. And at that point, it was we thought, oh, the Gauchos are going to flip the script on the Ducks, and they're going to come from behind uh, and win. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Uh, we'll get to that, but... Uh, Brock Mortensen, he was four for nine on on the weekend, a pair of homers and five runs batted in, and it's good to see his bat uh, come alive, uh, especially in a, in a pinch hit spot. Obviously not easy to do. The Gauchos had their backs against the wall, and he provided a nice jolt. So Brock Mortensen, he's my player of the week. Do you guys have a bounce back player or a player or a play of the week specifically? Spencer? Uh, my bounce back. Is going to be Zach Tora. Um, yeah, in the first two starts that he had, it was kind of kind of shaky. He didn't. Um, it wasn't the 2020 Zach Tora, and uh, you both know what I mean. And Gaucho fans know what I mean. He was the guy would strike out 10 plus a game in 2020 at the start of the season. He was just absolutely electric, and uh, he really dominated with his a strong three pitch mix and the fastball, curveball, and slider, and um, Apart from the very first pitch of the series, uh, I think that uh, it, that was we got some flashes of 2020 Zach Tora after the first pitch home run by Tanner Smith, who you know 
tip your cap to him. He hit well all weekend. Uh, Tora had eight strikeouts, uh, one walk, and only surrendered two hits after that in uh, just over five innings of work. So um, bounce back with Zach Tora. He made some real good adjustments, and um, he's looking good again. His, his numbers were were incredible to watch. His, his vertical break got up. His uh, the the run on his slider was. It looked like the ball was absolutely taking off um, once he reached about halfway to the plate from uh, his left to right. That slider is is uh, it's a big big league slider. So a lot of fun to watch him um, succeed in the way that uh, he did in 2020. And you know if it's if the fixes that he made this week are any indication, and his results are any indication, um, he'll do real well for the rest of the season this 2021 season. I'm going to go with a couple of moments. Um, two great defensive plays. You already said one of them was Cole's diving play. Um, and then Dell putting it on the line up the middle to keep that game close on Friday. Um, and then offensively, um, who could forget Brock's home run on Friday night? 444 feet. I mean, that thing may still be uh, in orbit right now. And then Marcos in the eighth inning on Sunday, um, down two. Puts a 96-mile-an-hour exit view, I think, on a fly ball towards right field. And, sneaks it over the wall to tie it up. It was a huge momentum play, obviously, in vain um, with how things ended up. But uh, those those moments were really exciting on the weekend, gave life, got to see the dugout come out with some excitement. Um, so those were, those were some cool things that I saw. So moments, moments for David. You may have, you may have stolen some thunder from me. Uh, so with all those things being said, I'll go with uh, a bounce back player of the week. Uh, ben Ferris, um, he, he had to leave the game uh, at the end of his appearance, unfortunately. We, we don't know the extent of of what's wrong, but Ben uh, came back. He made his first appearance in a Gaucho uniform since 2018, and uh, it was really cool to see Ben on the hill. He's been a stalwart Gaucho. He's been there uh, every step of the way, um, even though he hasn't been on the field much. And he's been there pre-practice, post-practice, uh, whenever any of us have needed him or whenever the coaches have needed him, and he's been a, a stand-up gaucho. So I want to tell my cap to Ben Ferris, first appearance since 2018, uh, coming back from injury. Um, hopeful, hope best for, for Ben. So that's my bounce back player of the week, Ben Ferris. Uh, yeah, we talked about it on the broadcast, you and I just, you know, recounting kind of the 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 story that he had and the the bounce back that he's had so i i want to second that that was awesome to see him up there he looked really good too uh his fastball was coming in about 91 92 and he's got a great cutter uh cut sinker he's got a real nice um slider and curveball to back that up as well and and just seeing him up there uh it looked awesome so i i just wanted to second that yeah and he's He's on my list of guys to talk about too for for the weekend. Um, can't say enough about Ben. You already highlighted all of the things about him, Kevin. But it was good to see him out there. Obviously, I didn't get the same perspective not getting to be behind home plate in game two there. Um, but getting to watch him from the uh, Hammerhead room there and see how he did was uh, good. And hope to see him back out there soon. Guess a couple other notes before we get to some metrics from the weekend. Gaucho starters. Uh, excluding Rodney Boone, who struggled in that game three. But in games one, two, and four, the Gaucho starters went 17 two-thirds innings. They gave up just 12 hits and three runs. They walked six and struck out 21. So three great quality starts 
uh, by Gaucho starters. And that's the MO of this team, and it's going to continue to be that way moving forward. Um, just a, an off day for Rodney, and, and he'll bounce back next week. So uh, I'm using my, my foresight predicting that Rodney Boone's going to be bounce back player of the week from one of us next weekend. Um, okay. Some, some metrics. We talked about the Mortensen Homer. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, we've seen some one Oh fives, but they've been like ground balls and line drives. That one was a, a Titanic blast. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it cleared the second wall behind the right field fence. It certainly cleared the Oak tree in between the, the light poles, but that one was, uh, one of the biggest ones that we've seen uh, at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. Any other metrics that stood out for you? I think David, you had some hitting stuff that that you told me yesterday um, about about the hits. How how we had hits that were over a hundred miles an hour. No? Oh yeah, the the top five <laughs> exit views on Sunday. Normally, yeah. there's a there's at least an out sprinkled in there. Sorry, I was drawing a blank. Uh, yeah, the the top five exit views were all for hits, which um, normally, like you said, there's a ground ball uh, mixed in there. The top exit view on the weekend was a 107, which actually happened to be an out as well um, from Marcos. So uh, there always seems to be a hard hit ball right at somebody. That's just the name of the game with baseball, but. Um, it was good to see Brock get one of those hard hit balls up in the air and you get to see how far it can fly. Spencer, you got any pitch stuff? Nasty pitches? Yeah, some, some pitch stuff. Yeah. I got uh, Zach Torres slider. Like I said, he, um, he made some adjustments and um, one of the, uh, one of the things with the slider is that you want to, you want to retain just a little, like an, enough vertical break that it doesn't have a slurve action to it. Um, and he did a real good job of that. He, he had about usually in the positive um, vertical break range of about, you know, one to four inches. Um, but the, uh, the, the number that stood out to me was the below as well as the horizontal break. He threw one at 84 miles an hour that had 18 inches of run. Um, so you're talking covering essentially the whole plate where if it's starting, you know, away to a righty, it's going to end up diving to his back foot. Um, just because it's covering the 17 inches of the plate. So uh, he threw a couple of those where um, as I'm tagging the game, it took me a moment to like process it because it, it was a 2020 slider. It was a big league slider and it was really cool to see um, the movement that he's able to generate on that. So um, being a, being a pitching nerd, if, if uh, other people side with me on that, that's a, a pretty cool slider to see, especially coming from a high overhand slot. So uh, Zach Torres slider was on my pitch metric of the week. Okay. I want to throw out some honorable mentions for the weekend. Jordan Sprinkle, who's filling in for McLean O'Connor, who went down on Friday. Jordan in his start yesterday was, was three for five. And he also stole three bases over the weekend. He was three for three. So we're, we're excited to see Jordan uh, get a chance to fill in at the shortstop position um, and hit um, possibly at the top of the lineup like he did yesterday. We're recording this on Monday, so yesterday, Sunday afternoon. And also Kyle Johnson, that pinch hit in the, the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth yesterday with Ledford at first, almost sent us home with a win. Uh, but it was off the base of the wall, but it was a, a laser beam swinging. I think it was might have been swinging first pitch yep. and uh, sent it over Zavala's head uh, and gave the, the Gauchos a, a chance to win 
uh, in walk-off fashion. So tip of the cap to Kyle Johnson getting his first hit of the year. Um, let's look ahead to next week's series real quick. University of San Francisco, the Dons, they are 4-8 and eight currently, number 70 in the RPI. They're out of the West Coast Conference. They've played a, a tough schedule so far. They've played three Pac-12 schools, UCLA. We, we noted that uh, in some broadcasts early on in the season. They took two of three from the Bruins on opening weekend on the road. And then they lost, two of, lost three of four against Cal. And they were swept this past weekend against Stanford. And there was a lot of offense in that series. Uh, but the Dons, they've given the Gauchos trouble in the past. Uh, a handful of years ago, they had they had the Zimmer brothers, uh, a pitcher and an outfielder, who, who were very good. Um, and they have a veteran coaching staff on that team. They're hitting uh, 248 as a squad. Um, but they've struggled off the mound, uh, 5.69 team ERA so far this year. But do you guys have any notes to add for uh, San Francisco? Uh, just some preliminary stuff with them. And looking at their roster, they've got a few um, grad transfers, so they're going to have some mature players who at least got innings underneath them, their belts. Um, so, like you said, they'll, they'll probably be well-prepared um, to play. We're definitely going to have to bring it. But um, I'm excited to get back on the field next Friday. Um, and get the ship straightened out and, and back on the right track. Spencer? Um, like you said, it's uh, they've, they've had a real tough competition playing against uh, UCLA and Stanford, um, and, and edging out a couple against UCLA is uh, nothing, nothing to kind of bat an eye at. So um, we gotta, we'll respect these guys coming in. I'm looking forward to you know, them battling, they're coming off of a tough series as well. Um, you know, a couple of uh, one, two run losses to Stanford. So um, they're, they're in the same boat as us uh, playing against a good Pac-12 opponent. Um, games just slipping out of grasp. Um, so we'll have the chance to bounce back ourselves and, and them trying to do the same is going to make for some good baseball. Yeah, looking forward to the weekend. It's one of those one of those instances where you kind of wish that you were playing the next day or that you were, that you had a midweek so you could refocus and, and get ready for another game against a different opponent. Uh, but in, in the 2021 season where you're only playing on the weekends, or at least the Gauchos are, uh, we got to, got to fester in it a little bit. So we'll get out and have a good solid week of practice and get set for San Francisco next weekend. Same same times on Friday and Saturday, 3 o'clock on Friday, 12 o'clock start for the doubleheader on Saturday, and then I'm pretty sure it's a 1 o'clock start on Sunday for the four games against the Dons. Uh, keep up with social media, SB Baseball, SB Baseball Data on Twitter for the analytics page, and then you can follow the Gauchos on Instagram and Twitter, UCSB underscore baseball. So we'll hit, we'll hit the field. The Gauchos will get ready, and uh, we'll be back next week to recap the San Francisco series. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview with Dylan Tate uh, prior to this. So um, that'll do it. David and Spencer, thank you. Thanks, Kev. Thank you, Kev.
All right, thank you to our sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a guy with a truck junk removal. Again, call Chase at 805-689-1413. And thank you to Dylan Tate. Dylan is just, he's a stand-up gaucho, a stand-up gaucho, and he's been gracious with his time, and he's always fun to talk to, uh, and he's stoked whenever we want to inquire on how his career is going. So uh, wish him the best of luck in spring training and moving forward with the Orioles this year who are looking to climb up in a tough AL East. And thank you to David and Spencer. Uh, They always provide uh, great stuff and have been really working some long hours behind the scenes. They were with me at the ballpark uh, late into the night on Saturday and then late into the night on Sunday uh, after the games. And so I can't thank them enough for their help. Okay, next week, San Francisco, 3 o'clock on Friday, and then the noon doubleheader on Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Last non-conference tune-up before Big West Conference play starts the following weekend on the road at Goodwin Field against Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Gouches at 6-5, and five, and uh, looking forward to getting back uh, on the winning track and snap the four-game losing streak. So 11 games down, uh, still 47 to go. So long season ahead. Okay, have a great week. <laughs>